Hey humans, um, I'm not starting this episode with a pull quote from the conversation because uh, I just wanted to take a second to say, um, you know, what's happening at our southern border is uh, horrific uh, and it's really fucking me up. Uh, And as the son of an immigrant, it's uh, terrifying. Um, So if you're listening to this and you, you know, have a little bit of money, please donate to organizations like kind, uh, which is providing free legal defense for these children. Um, contact your representatives for whatever that's worth. And just please, uh, don't forget these kids. Um, let's get into the episode. New York, I know you have Yeah. Every morning that I wake up, I think about my ambition. My guest today is Curtis Rutherford. Uh, I was so excited to talk to Curtis. Uh, he is a house performer at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. Uh, you can see him at the Asian AF show. You can listen to his podcast, which is called Improv Beat by Beat. I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, but what Curtis and I have in common is that while we're both mixed, we're both uh, incredibly white presenting. Uh, so we had a really great conversation about what that means and how that feels, um, about how it can sometimes feel isolating, but that at the end of the day, we have a mountain of privilege heaped onto us that we have to uh, treat with responsibility. Uh, it was a really, really awesome conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> no, it's fine. I also have many times. I don't know if you've listened to this at all yet. No, I haven't had. Yeah, it is fine. fine. Everybody, I started recording. Curtis has not listened to this show, and we're going to hold that against him. Uh, but I've like many times on it uh, made it clear, like uh, we're recording this in my bedroom. So like, and I live in Washington Heights, so right. shit is going to happen. <laughs> but what are you going to do? So thank you so much for doing this again. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so let's just uh, be boring and start uh, with uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, my dad was in the army, so we kind of grew up a little oh, bit shit. of everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, so I was born in North Carolina. We like moved a couple times. I ended up in Washington, which is where my grandparents on my dad's side had retired. Got it. And then we kind of stayed in Washington for about ten years because, like, we were stationed in, or my dad was stationed in Fort Lewis, which is in Washington. Then he was stationed in Korea, but we stayed there. We stayed in, in Washington. Got it. And then he got stationed in Washington again. So we had kind of like three. Uh, oh, wow. So you had like three intervals in Washington. Yeah, exactly. Which is very lucky for the Army because after that, it was that was up through like fourth grade. And yeah. then after that, it was like one or two years in every place. Oof. It was Kansas, Virginia, Colorado, Germany, Virginia, and then college. God. So yeah. so is, is when people ask you where you're from, do you just say Washington? I, less along I'll say like, yeah, I'll say Washington <laughs> or I'll say like, I'm an army brat. I lived everywhere. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. But I consider my hometown Olympia because like that's where we lived when I was growing up. Cool. And because I went back there for college. Got it. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Evergreen State College. It's nice. like a hippie college. Cool. Uh, Matt Groening went there. All right. Uh, yeah. Claim to fame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Were you a little bit of a hippie? Not at all. It was. Which, <laughs> I, it's possible, like, our yeah. brat, like, kind of goes hippie as a rebel. I mean, for for the army, uh-huh. yes. Okay. In that, like, 
I was a liberal and like just being sure. liberal means like, well, you're basically a hippie. In the, in the sure. Did you ever have that thrown at you? Not really, but like almost to that level. Like yeah. it is definitely, I mean, it's better in the schools it, themselves just because it's right. going to, kids are going to be a little bit more progressive than their parents, but not right. that much. It was the equivalent of, especially if we were stationed somewhere like, Closer to the south, like Virginia, Got it, it. it wasn't in an army school, and so it was that kind of mix of, oh yeah, like diplomats, kids, and very like wow. and very mixed, and then conf- kids with like Confederate flags on their trucks, like it was Whoa. like right on that edge. Whoa. Of- <laughs> Whoa! Wait, so where do your parents live now? My dad lives in Washington again. He okay. like retired next to a stream where he can just like fly fish all the time, basically. Wow, good yeah, for him. and my mom lives in. Colorado, and she's now doing the switch to like she got a trailer, and she's gonna like drive around and kind of live out a trail out of a trailer for a while. I'm jealous of both of your parents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's pretty great. Yeah. What were what 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 what, do you still have like military people in your orbit? Like whenever you go to visit them, a little bit, but not that much. Like um, a couple of my like childhood friends or like friends from high school were Uh like from. Uh, from like when I was in army schools or yeah. when I was in military schools and a fair number of them joined like the army wow. after uh, either after high school or after college. So what's their reaction to you being like, I do improv. I mean, they're kind of <laughs> like, cool. That's great. Like, that's great. Yeah. Cause I always get paranoid that people, that the non comedy people in my life will think what I do is stupid. Yeah. So I don't, I, if I, if, if my, if my circle were like military types, I think that anxiety would go up a hundred times. I think because they just see like, they'll see like the Instagram posts of like shows and that kind of thing. Right. It makes, it seems very glamorous yes. in that of like, you did a show if at there's one the thing, Triple Crown. I don't know what that is. If there's one thing New York comedians are good at, it's making their uh, basement shows look like they matter. Exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay, that's great. So, uh, so you're going to college in Washington. Yeah. Are you doing any comedy or any performing there? Not really. I mean, I would do pranks there more than anything. <laughs> like I would just like. So this was this was during the run up to Bush's campaign and election, okay. George W. Bush's first election. Got it. And so I would do things like I would put up posters around saying like George W. Bush is speaking on this day. And people were like, what is he going to? He's going to get fucking shot, man. What is he doing at this? People believed it. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I would keep putting them up as they got torn down and just like stuff like that. Like I covered one room just in tinfoil that I'd stolen from the cafeteria, like the burrito wrappers. Like I found a box just like laying out. (laughs) And so I just like, I could fill a room with this. And then, so it was just, just weird stuff like that. It was just, that's awesome. Yeah. It was Was there always a little bit of like a subversive streak, even when you were younger. Yeah. That's cool. Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well we haven't mentioned it at all yet. So what's your, what's your mix? Um, so I am a quarter Korean. So my dad, my grandparents on my dad's side met, basically I'm like military on both sides. So my, on my mom's side, my, uh, grand, grandfather and grandmother met during world war two. Okay. And then on my dad's side, my grandfather and grandmother met during the Korean war. She was in Korea in like a town, which I cannot remember the name of Uh like outside of, I want to say outside of Seoul, but like 
outside of Seoul is such a vague thing that yeah. I can never get a clear, like, is it an hour outside? Yeah. Uh, but they met there, and then they got married, and then, yeah. Wow. And then had my dad, so my dad's half Korean. Yeah. So was there, and was the Korean culture present at all in your upbringing? Yeah, like, it was, I mean, that's the only kind of, like, other than just American. Everything else is just, like, generalized, like, white American. Right. And right. it was because I lived in Olympia near where my uh where those grandparents had retired. Ah, so I would they like, were around. They were around oh, like that's awesome. I, we would go over all the time and so it was that's awesome. I mean it was mostly food more than anything else. It was yeah. like in the same way that like my grandparents on my mom's side, it's like, oh great, we go over and it's, you know, a farm and the smell of fried chicken. Ooh. On my mom on my dad's side on uh-huh. that, it's like we go over and it's my grandfather was making chili. My grandmother was making kimchi. It was like those kind of like smells of food. Like, oh, that sounds lovely. It is. That's, yeah. that sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, um, pick which one you like better, and they're all going to hear this. <laughs> they're all dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! Oh no, that's amazing. I also I, I think it's interesting that you said uh, it was basically only food, but like when you think about culture, food is like eighty percent. That's exactly it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I say that mostly because, like, my grandmother never taught any of her kids, like, Korean, never taught any of that. It was very much just... Was that like, a conscious decision? I don't know. She mm. was very kind of, like, she would not talk about it, really, at any point. Like, yeah. she always had, like... Her English was never great. She always had, like, a pretty strong Korean accent. And she would always write notes to herself in Korean that huh. nobody else could read. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, she was just keeping secrets. Possibly. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, I asked because the, uh, some of the people I've talked to before and some of the stuff I'm discovering mm-hmm. is that, like, generally uh, immigrant parents or grandparents are yeah. going to, like, fall into one of two categories. Like, the assimilators mm-hmm. and the, like, let's keep our heritage, like, to the hilt. Yeah. Um, like, my family – well, I grew up with a single mom and my mom's the Peruvian mm-hmm. one. Uh, so with my family, like if you go to my childhood, go to my, I'm my hometown, which is like 20 minutes north okay. of here. Uh, my mom actually told me the other day when I was hanging out with her that her mom makes fun of her for the amount of Peruvian shit that is in our house. <laughs> like literally everything is Peruvian <laughs> shit. So like Spanish is my first language. So having So that, your grandmother was much more of like the assimilator and your mother was the yeah, like. Yeah, even though, I mean, my grandmother lives in Peru still. Right. She just makes fun of my mom. <laughs> Uh, but I think having that stuff present, whether it's food yeah. or whether it's like a painting on the wall or something, it, I think it makes more of a difference than you notice than when you're a yes. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I think you don't realize it until much later. Yeah. Cause like also as a kid, I mean, I don't well, know it's how all, it was It's all normal. When exactly. You yeah. don't really have a concept of like race and that, oh, I guess not everybody has yeah. a Peruvian mother or like that because yeah. you don't think of your mother as well, a so Peruvian. When, can you remember a time when you first realized like, oh, I am unlike <laughs> these other like, It was probably around like middle school when you have to like start taking tests and like checking off boxes. That was a You had to point. check off boxes in middle school? Yes. Yeah. Or like... Is that a military school thing? Uh, no, it was... That was probably in the first time I was in Virginia, but taking standardized tests. Right. It would yeah. be the like, okay, you know, and you could only right. check one. It was like pre-checking two. Got it. So I it think was, I always checked Caucasian. Yeah. 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 I think I did too until it was kind of like, oh, wait, should I be checking other? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, and I would have to. I ended up like asking my mom, who's white, and they're like, "Should I be checking something else?" And would she say, "Check whatever"? Oh, she that's did, nice. Yeah. That's it a nice answer. Nice. Uh, so when uh, when you were uh, a kid and like you're going to grandma's house and you're sort of engaging with that culture a little bit, did you find yourself? Did you have any feeling about that? part of your identity, whether it was like I'm going to run away from this or I want to like hold on to this, or was it more like oh, Not this until is what it is? This is what, it was very much this is what it is. I yeah. think I don't know if all kids are like this, but I was very much like I, everything that happened, I just assumed that was true. Yeah. And that you couldn't fight it. Like, I, like I, we went to my, because both my parents worked, they would like drop me off at like a daycare center during the during the summer. Yeah. And one of the people there was just terrible. Uh-oh. Like she would just like yell at me and my sister. And like oh, after God. we left, I like told my mom like, yeah, we didn't like her because she would always scream at us. And my mom was like, why didn't you tell us that this person <laughs> I was, was normal? Yeah, exactly. It was like, I just <laughs> thought that was a thing that oh you just accepted and learned. Um, and... So with all of that, with all of my grandparents, it was like there were all these things that you just yeah. assume, oh, that's normal. Yeah. And I think it, it, it definitely wasn't until much later that it was, oh, this is something that is a little bit different and that has affected me a lot. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So when you're getting older uh, and people start, uh, because we're both white, yeah. white passing people. Yes. When you get older, are you like making an effort to tell people that that's part of you or are you sort of no. letting it go? Yeah. I, I was the same way. Yeah. I was the same way. Uh, how come? Why, why do you think? Um, well, yeah, I've talked about this a little bit on the other episodes, but when you're like visit, when you can pass, mm-hmm. uh, it's very much a thing of like, for me, cause I'm a uh, Latinx, like I know Latinos are a, like super marginalized yeah. group in this country as are Asian people. Uh, so I feel like heavy guilt. Yes, that like I can't claim that. Exactly. I don't want to be taking anything. Right. I have seen, and like I'm sure you've seen with yeah. you know with uh, anything with your mother, but like I'll yeah. see the same thing with my dad. Of like you actually see what real or not what real, but like right. the actual both the reactions people have towards yeah. any marginalized things, yeah. and because we pass, you also get to hear the like comments people make when they think there's no one yeah. else around. Yeah. Oh, no when people. they close the door and they start whispering a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's really terrifying. Yeah. And I grew up in a like a rich neighborhood with sure. a bunch of shitty kids. <laughs> so like you can't imagine the shit I heard about like their Mexican nannies yeah. <laughs> day in and day out. Which makes it a constant like, do I talk? Do I say right. something? What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. feel like I never know when the right time is to come down hard on like on that because sometimes right. it feels like you know what am I just going to be fighting this battle constantly yeah. but then also like yeah. I have kind of the privilege of I get to choose when I yeah. get to fight this battle yeah it's yeah. it's a it's a little bit of that blessing and a curse thing mm-hmm. I think because we can kind of walk in multiple worlds but it doesn't feel like we like belong to either of yeah. them fully uh, and like I, I'm, I'm asking a question because I feel like the answer is obvious to both of us. But in that situation where you're like, should I speak up about this? Does it make a difference to you whether the room of people you're speaking to are white people or whether the room you're speaking to are like Asian people? Like <laughs> definitely, like if it's if it's white people, I will definitely yes. like this is yes, not yes, okay. Yes, 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 if it's yes, Asian yes, people, yes. it's like. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to shut the fuck up. Literally, I don't... Well, we're both, like, in the yeah. improv community, and there is a lot of... There, thankfully, are a lot of, like, diversity jams mm-hmm. and events people put on, and I still, to this day, can't bring myself to go to, like, a Latinx jam. I can't. Go. 
I can't, man. So it the, freaks me out. I know. And I felt the exact same way because I've started doing like I started doing the diversity jams because yeah. like uh, Caroline Martin was hosting them. And so mm-hmm. I'd sit in when she was hosting for a while. And then when uh, Nicole took Nicole Pasquale took over, I would like still sometimes sit in. And then my Sundays got busy. But yeah. it was like I had that exact same worry. Uh-huh. And what I found is that the people were worried like uh, – no, like everybody is glad to see you there. Mm. Like it is my worry is often with any of those things. And also I now do the Asian is fuck show, which yeah. like was started by Will Choi in LA. And now right. Dan Lee and Alex song are, are doing here in New York. And I was asked by Jesse Lee to like to join and I was very hesitant about it. Yeah. And I partly did it because my friend Sarah Claspell in L.A., who's uh-huh. also a quarter Korean, was doing it. So that made me feel a little bit better. Oh, like, okay. There's precedent. There's All a right. precedent of quarter yeah. Korean yeah. Uh, of passing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people who present as white doing it. Oh, and also, like, I did it the, the very first show. I like did. I was very nervous. Like, oh, somebody's gonna like call out. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? That kind of thing. Yeah. And no one did. And after the show, people were like, first off, it's a great audience. Yeah. Like, the Asian as fuck shows consistently get amazing, sold-out, awesome audiences. Yeah. Some of which are, like, improv or comedy nerds, and some right. of which are, like, completely new to UCB. Those are my favorite audiences. It's so good. Yeah. And, yeah, everybody just, like, after the show, and they're often at the Beast, so, like, everybody after the show will come up to us and, like, that was great, that was great, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and so my worry is always that I'm not going to feel welcomed by the kind of, like, Asian community, mm-hmm. and that's never been the case. Yeah. As far as the other half of our worry of the, like, the do white people think that we're pulling something, trying to convince... Like, oh, what, like pulling a card? Yes. Ooh, yeah. I think about that sometimes. But I yeah. I agree with you that my anxiety is much more about being accepted by Latinos uh, than it is the other the other side. And obviously I can't speak for them, but yeah. I'm going to speak for them and say <laughs> I highly doubt. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I And I, outside of uh, racial identity, yeah. a struggle with, you know, um, thoughts that are my thoughts that are <laughs> not reality controlling me. But it's been like a real yeah. thing that I think part of why I started this is I'm trying to get yeah. over that. So thank you, because hearing that is very nice. And especially because... It's much more common in the the Latinx community for like yeah. the, someone who is Hispanic and presents yeah. as white and to kind of like yeah. I feel like it's even more common within that to straddle that yeah um, so that I would be very surprised right. if anyone was like what the fuck is been doing <laughs> yeah. Here? Yeah, yeah 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 well that's nice to hear yeah so when so when did you move to New York um, in two thousand six so like I went to college I I like. After college, I, like, lived for, like, three years in Seattle, like, making donuts, basically just saving up money. Making donuts? Making donuts, yeah. I worked for a donut company called Top Pot Donuts, which basically, like, it's basically the Seattle Shake Shack in terms of, like, it was, there was one of them, it was huge, it got very popular, and then it kind of spread and became a chain within Seattle and a little bit beyond. Okay, cool. But so I started working for them. They're, you know the donuts that they sell at Starbucks? Yeah, it's like they'll have like glazed old fashioned donuts, and they'll have like one or two other donuts. Okay, those donuts were originally Top Pot donuts. Oh, because like Top Pot was very popular, and oh, because, and they got like franchise, and they got franchise. Like wow. Howard Schultz literally would like stop by and start buying them to take to board meetings to then say like, hey, we should be wow. selling these donuts. Okay, 
then they good for the top but don't I, I mean kind of right and then they like they got this contract I ended up working like literally I worked like I would work 30 days straight sometimes I worked like 24 hour shifts sometimes Oof. just making donuts which was great for like overtime and saving money to so move you to New so York. you were really like working towards yes. New York yeah. yeah that's beautiful um yeah and then saved up a shitload of money moved here Starbucks then canceled their contract with Top Pot, but still sold the donuts because they're good at. Wait, was the plan that you were gonna also work? That you were gonna work at a Starbucks here? They no, they offered for me to work at a factor at a like donut factory here that they were starting up. There are donut factories here. Yeah, where? Um, I don't know, but like all of the donuts. All of the donuts, at least at the time for Starbucks, uh-huh. were made nearby and then Got just it. shipped to each Starbucks. Okay, yeah. interesting. That makes but sense. But now they're kind of like packaged and you can see them. Like, Got I don't know how they do I heard it now. the phrase donut factory and responded with childlike. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so, what was it? What was the. Was there a culture shock moving to New York? No, not at all. No? I, I'd always kind of like idolized New York. Hmm. Of like, I grew up watching like. Um, Letterman and Conan and Saturday Night Live and like eventually you were were ready for it. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. That's uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. I and I think because I bounced around so much, it moving here was just like, oh, okay, now I can place like the first place I stayed was a story. And I was like, oh yeah, this is where Peter Parker grew up. I see this. Like it's like connecting (laughs) all that to different media of like, oh yeah, this was Annie Hall. This was that. This is one of those cities where you can do that. Yeah. So when you when you move here in your like in your uh, racial brain, Mm -hmm. are you still at the stage where uh, you're checking the Caucasian box, or are you checking both at the checking both at that point? I would say through college, I didn't bring it. It would I would bring it up eventually with friends, right? And I started checking both boxes. Got it. But. Evergreen State College is so very, very white. Yeah. That it was, it constantly, like, it's very white, plus there's, like, some Asian, uh, I mean, there's some Asian students, there's very few, like, students of color who are American, and then Uh they have, uh, like, students from Asia who are just going to college. Got it. And... So that was kind of my first experience of first people coming up to me and going, like, wait, are you... Are you Asian? Like, actually, people, like, people give yeah. you that. Oh wow! How I did mean, that make you feel? Like, yeah, like yes. kind of surprise. <laughs> I think yes. I think I've gotten "Are you Latino?" three times in it's, my life, yeah, and it's the best. <laughs> you see me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was kind of the first time, and but because it was so monolithically white, I f- right. and I felt very weird about like the. We had like a, what was it called? I want to say it was like a First Peoples Union or something like that. It's oh, a First Peoples Union. It was, um, that name is maybe too tied to Native American, but it was something like that. But okay. basically it was like yeah, people yeah. of color. Got it. The term people of color wasn't really common right. at that point. Right. So it was yeah, kind yeah. of like that was their catch-all. First people? I feel like it was something That's like that. That's interesting. I've never heard that in yeah. my life. Um, I'm going to Google that. Yeah, I could be, because generally that is a, that is specifically a term used often for like Native Americans. Right. Like that I think makes they sense. use it more in Canada. Yeah. But I, it also makes sense that a college, a very white college would use it as a, <laughs> as a catch-all. Oh my, they also had, every year they would have what they called a day of presence and a day of absence, uh, which was a way of like bringing attention to the 
I can't again. I can't remember the term they would use at the right. time, but the people of color, right? Um, and the idea was that the day of absence, all the people of color would not go to class. Whoa. And that way you'd notice their absence. Whoa. The problem is often no one was absent. <laughs> yeah. And then they had a day of presence, which never made sense because it was like, so wait, the people of color are supposed to show up for class like they always do, like we all always do. It. I could totally picture a big company with an all-white board being like, we're going to do a day of absence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where all the people of color aren't going to show up to meetings. Yes. Oh, my God. It was... It w- uh, Evergreen State College is like the pinnacle of like yeah. well-meaning white liberals. Right. Uh, and in Oof. fact, this last oh, year, man. there was this whole thing of there, there were a lot of issues during the whole day of absence thing. This uh, year? The, at the uh, la- yeah. Or la- maybe last year. Yeah. Last year. Oh, do you know what that, happened? Um, not in a way that I could explain well. I need your statement <laughs> <laughs> so that you can be on the record. <laughs> um, it was yeah some like a couple professors one professor apparently like made some comments to Fox News about some uh, anger over a protest that'll do it that happened and it it really it was one of those things where it seems like you know what both sides here are maybe not maybe trying to find conflict right. in this thing yeah. there are definitely some valid points but there was mm. also some like this is you're not. Nobody's changing anybody's opinions. Yeah. In this, yeah. That's a very uh, common dynamic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what? What? What are? What generally speaking mm-hmm. are um, white people's reactions when you? Maybe you've been talking for a little while. Maybe yeah. you're just getting to know each other, and you're like, oh, by the way, I'm a quarter Korean. What yeah. generally are people's reactions? Now I would say, like, generally, like, oh, okay. Like, I like when it's treated in the same way of finding out that someone's like half Polish or something like that, where it's kind of like that same thing of like, this is just a fact. uh, It's a cultural fact about me, Yeah, but that's about it. And I think it should, Mm. in some way, I kind of am interested in it in that way of like, how did it affect me in that way? What do you mean by the qualifier cultural fact? Um, Because I do present as white. Like, it's like, I'm... Not trying to. One of the reasons in college that I was very wary of um, saying any more than like, "Oh, I am a quarter Korean," but I would still like when it came to scholarships and anything like that. It's like, right. "Oh, I'm not applying yep. for this." And my never... mom was like, "You can apply for that." And it's like, "No, I'd rather just work as a fucking night janitor," I, which I did. I know that. that. <laughs> yeah. I never applied for it. the first diversity anything I ever applied for was a diversity scholarship at UCB, which I like thankfully got uh, because Eric Tanoi was very nice to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I've always had like abject fear yes. about applying to any of that stuff because it's not for us. Yeah. Really, you know? Yeah. But is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like it isn't in that there are all these subconscious ways in which whiteness is a way of giving privilege and is a way of like of, of, of doing that, of giving privilege in right. that I get that without knowing it, and that gives me access to things that those scholarships are trying to right. alleviate those right. those gaps. And right. that since I'm not having those gaps, I shouldn't take the thing that is made yes. to yes. fill in those gaps. Yes. I think that that's well sense. put. But so, do you do you identify as a? 
court, do you, would you say you identify yeah. as a quarter Korean man? Yeah, I yeah yeah, yeah Got absolutely. It. Got it. I identify as like mixed race, right? And it's also weird because there is the I, I will say I don't know exactly the right term, but I, it does feel like when other the 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 right term often feels, and this is completely unfair, but uh-huh. whatever other people are saying about me is wrong. Often <laughs> feels like the right term. <laughs> yeah. Like for instance, my girlfriend once said to like uh, I was meeting her parents, and uh-huh. and something came up like her dad made kind of like a slightly off color, and not uh-huh. like super off color, but like just made a That'll remark, happen. and she was like. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and she mentioned like, oh, you know, Curtis identifies as Asian. And I was like, I don't know if identifies is the right thing because it's not that I identify with Asian. It's that I, I am. am. I just am. A part of my culture is Asian and the rest is also American. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so confused. I do. I understand. I do understand what you're saying about like anything else that somebody, anything <laughs> right. that somebody else says is going to feel wrong. <laughs> so unfair. But, I, but it's unfair, but I think it's just a symptom. Uh, it's a symptom of being a mixture of things yeah. because we don't fully know what we yeah. feel like we are. Yeah. I'm speaking in a we. Yeah, yeah. I can't speak for anybody else, but I don't feel like I fully know what I am. And it honestly changes yeah. uh, depending on my mood and like sometimes the season and stuff. So uh, whenever. Anybody says anything, I bristle at it a yeah. little bit. What do you tend to go for as... Uh, I tell people that I'm mixed. Yeah. Uh, I, I I bristle a little bit at the term biracial, even though I think mm-hmm. it's technically true. For I think the reasons yeah. that you mentioned of, like, when it comes to using words like racial, yeah. it's, the fact is that I don't present, like, a, yeah. even, like, a biracial person. Uh, so I just say mixed. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm doing right now, at least. Yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. I also like the kind of move towards, like, mixed culture, that kind of thing. Like, we had uh-huh. a, um, I think it was a mixed cultural jam. I don't remember the, the term we used. But, like, it was me, Eric uh-huh. Tenoy, and cool. X Mayo did it. Oh, cool. Um, because there is something different about that. Yeah. It also feels... The... There's kind of this basic idea that we haven't quite figured out that like we have we we have this contradiction of race is this invented concept that we made up, mm-hmm. right? That it's something so like just talking in terms of like America and Europe, mm-hmm. we invented whiteness to take away privilege from other people, right. and we said, well, the Irish aren't white, right. Italians aren't white, yeah, Polish people aren't white. You know what? We'll make them white. Jewish people still aren't white, right? We'll make them white, right? And And whiteness is essentially just power. Exactly, right? And because that's an invented thing, then saying, like, I'm mixed race is... I have this hesitation about it because it's ascribing a scientific truth to something that I don't think enough people understand is a invented cultural Mm. concept. Mm. Like, I am a quarter Korean in that... Yes, a quarter of my genes come from Korea, but that doesn't really have any meaning other than, for me, the more cultural aspect of like, oh, growing up with this food and this language around that I don't understand. And the fact that my whole dad's side identifies as Korean, like, which I mean, I'm sure we'll come back to, but the idea of just... Being in a place with all white people feeling like an other yeah. is a viewpoint that is, I think, instilled in was instilled in me. I don't know. I don't definitely right. Like that feeling you mentioned, like being around the rich white friends. Definitely. I don't think it's the same as 
there was some Chris Rock interview where he was like sitting in Rockefeller Center and he was like, Imag- look around, look at all these people. Imagine being Bryant Gumble and coming to work every single day. <laughs> right? And like being the only like the only black man in this like what was at the time this like yeah. absolutely monolithic whiteness. And it's not the same at all for me. But right. there is that a little bit of feeling yeah. of outsideness. And then on top of that feeling of outsideness is why are you feeling outsideness? <laughs> yes, exactly. Stop. <laughs> there are people who feel real outside. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of that guilt that comes along with straddling the line. Yeah. But ultimately the like race part of it of saying like I'm a quarter Korean I still feel like we haven't figured out what the right thing is because race right. is both invented but invented things are real yeah, it, we it invented it incredibly real yes. effects yeah. on everything in yeah. this country maybe it'll get easier because there are only going to be more mixed people as yes. time goes on uh, I also worry a lot about the, the it is I think specific it, it's a I think it's a white liberal security blanket of the, as there's more mixed race people, we won't have racism. Mm. And it's something that it's in Bullworth. Like he mentioned, like the, the, the main character in that mentions it, like Warren Beatty's yeah. character is like, we just need to keep fucking until there aren't any more yeah. racism. Yeah, we'll like, breed it out. We'll like, breed it out. And please. it's something that I still hear. And that worries me because that indicates that we're not looking at, the problem with race isn't where people are coming from. It's that we're pointing to someone and saying, right. this person's not white, this person's white. Right. Like, how many times have you ever heard Barack Obama referred to as our first half-white president? A handful of times. But not, as, yeah. right? But, like, we don't think of him as mixed no, race. he we is th- our first black president. He is our first black president. Right. Because, although he is mixed race, right. he is instantly ascribed or... Like removed, they remove the privilege of whiteness from him by saying, "Nope, you're black." Right. Um, And yeah, I don't think we've figured out how to break that down while acknowledging that the science aspect of it does not exist. Yeah. Do you do you think that's still a white liberal security blanket? Yeah, I've heard it. Oh, I heard it last year in a party. Somebody was saying, "Oh shit, yeah." Um, Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> because I don't think I don't think we realize the um, the undertones of it, like what that what people are saying. Yeah, when they what, say what that. logically follows exactly that. is that. Yeah. Oh, therefore, by saying that, we are saying that race is a real scientific concept. Yeah. It's this is going to be a tangent. I hated Zootopia. What the fuck? Zootopia, I think, is the most racist movie. I am so excited to hear this. Okay, so the basic premise of Zootopia is we are going to use different animals to represent different races. Is that really? I've never seen it. Is that really what it is? Yeah. Now, I will say, um, um, other people have said, the, the reaction to this is, well, they're using different animals to show the many different ways in which people are put as others. And right. generally it's women who say this. It is almost entire it is entirely white women, but the way of like it is also she's like a rabbit and she's joining the police force and they're like, rabbits can't join the police force. Right. You're a oh, rabbit. You're tiny. I think I saw the first twenty minutes of it on a plane. It's garbage. <laughs> but they use this metaphor of species as different races. And right. they very much play purely for in terms of race. They're like, oh, bears are just like monsters. All gorillas do is, um, I don't remember, but they're like... They I see use, what you're saying. 
They're using things that are like they're making jokes about what people have said about black men or Hispanic men, like that kind of thing of they're they're joking with that. But because the underlying metaphor is just we're using different species and the species are a scientific fact. They are a scientific uh, definition of these are two distinct genetically creatures that cannot mate. Right. That are, bears are like big and fucking scary and yeah. they could fucking kill a rabbit. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Races, like we yeah. ascribe these things right. and there are differences, but we have decided to say that this difference is one of race right. and then these other well, differences. Well, the average person on the street, if you ask them what the difference between race and ethnicity is, mm-hmm. c- couldn't give yeah. you a clear answer. Yeah. Uh, it speaks to that yeah. point. Yeah. Wow. Fuck Zootopia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, no. I will also, oh, go for no, it. No, no, no. Because my thing's going to take us somewhere else. Um, and I think maybe the reason I'm very, one reason I'm very, like, uh, aware of that kind of thing as soon as I watch it is as soon as there's a movie where the initial premise is, you can't exist in this world. There's, it's impossible to have a mixed-race person in this world. Eesh. By definition, <laughs> we are using different species yeah. which cannot mate. Right. There is no... Right. We are saying races are separate. Automatically, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Uh, but I think the other thing is just like... My grandmother uh, on my dad's side, who's Korean, was so racist mm. against Chinese people. And many others, dude. My my abuela, my abuela. Whenever whenever she doesn't understand something, especially if it's English, mm-hmm. English, she'll say "es todo chino para mí." It's all Chinese. <laughs> she says it's all Chinese right. to me, and I, I. She's you know now she's ninety two. Sure, yes, I am not Different gonna world. go down yes. that road with her. Uh, but yeah, my grandmother has some real yeah. tough opinions on Chinese people. <laughs> um. And for me, like, for me hearing other people talk about, like, Asians as a monolith and knowing that, like, Mm. there's valid historical reasons for Koreans to hate the Chinese and Japanese, especially for my grandmother. It's, like, not too—she was growing up not too long after a lot of pretty atrocious Mm. massacres and, 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 and atrocities that happened very recently from, like— Japan invaded Korea. China invaded Korea. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But they ascribe different things to race than what we do. It makes very clear the difference of, like, race is an invented thing that, like, oh, you know, Korean people, they have, like, big eyebrows and big ears. You got big eyebrows, big ears. You're Korean. Like, and it's like, it's a specific different thing that, like, when we, or when, and I'm saying we as, like, as Americans, especially like white Americans, yeah. look at Asian people and say, oh, we're going to give like eyes. That's what we're going to ascribe. And yeah. then they'll have the comments of like, well, wait, why in their cartoons don't there aren't their eyes yeah. like maybe squinted? Be, maybe because they see the world differently. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so all of those like different. It, it just makes it very clear. I think the artificialness of what we're choosing to say like this is a thing that divides right a race from yeah. another it's like it's just so hard to break those yes. artifices because yeah. they're so especially in 
this country of all countries, they're really deeply ingrained yeah. in a way. I mean, I don't know. I went in South America. Everything is brutally fucked up, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially on a racial level. Like uh, white privilege in Peru specifically mm-hmm. is like maybe even uh, more distinct than it is here. It's at least more yeah. visual. Like when you go to Lima, every billboard is a light skinned person, right. if not a completely bleached person. And is that like a because there is like there's also the indigenous populations in yes. Peru and that and is yes. it just like a mix uh, of the like how are we treating like people of Spanish descent versus this descent versus yes. that type and of thing? Uh, black uh, there was a healthy slave trade going yeah. into South America right. so there's uh, there is a lot of there's a big Afro Peruvian population mm-hmm. and there's a lot of complexity there and then there's like the Quechua people or the indigenous people who or come from the mountains and then there's the European people and. Also, very uh, high Japanese population in Peru. A lot of Japanese immigrants. And we had a Japanese president or a half-Japanese president for a while. Interesting. Fujimori, who uh, embezzled a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that was a tangent. But yeah, uh, uh, that's where I came from. Because we were talking about people paint Asians as a monolith, people paint Latinos as a monolith. And both have millions of variations within them. That's why it's frustrating to hear the way... Uh, even well-meaning people, mm-hmm. even people who are like my close friends, like struggle to piece through a description <laughs> of Latin culture, Asian culture, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's what I was going to bring up before because you briefly mentioned um, uh, the language being spoken in your mm-hmm. family, uh, and you don't speak the language. Yeah. What, talk to me about that. What that's like? Um, my grandmother spoke Korean. None of my dad, any, none of his sisters mm-hmm. or brother speak Korean. She would speak Korean to some of her friends, mm-hmm. and like she would go to like the Korean market and that kind of thing and yeah. speak. She would she would get a newspaper that was in Korean, but mm. no, it was just That's like a, yeah, that was about it. It was just like there would be Korean writing and language spoken around me, and nobody else understood. Like yeah, she'd yeah. be on the phone and like. Did you ever try friend. to pick up some of it when you were a kid? No. Yeah. And it wasn't until kind of too late that I was like, let me find out about this stuff. Mm. And then it was the problem of, especially like kind of post-college, I would like spend time with my grandmothers. Like, tell me where you grew up. Tell me about this. Oh, right. how did you make this? How, yeah. did you, how did you make this food? And like some of it she would tell, but mostly it was just, she was a cranky old woman. And so it was just yeah. kind of like, so grandma, tell me where you grew up. The nurses here, I don't like. Oh. I don't like the nurses. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, did you ever? Did you start hanging out with Korean people who did speak the language at any point? Not real. I mean, not like, not purposefully. Okay. Yeah. I mean, other than like, yeah, I had other friends who were mixed race or Korean or mm-hmm. Asian that kind of thing, but no, not. Mm. Yeah. I'm just always interested in people's experience with language. I have yeah. a really weird, complicated relationship with the Spanish so, language. So you speak Spanish? It's my first language. Oh, okay. Yeah, because well, my my dad was white. My dad's dead, mm-hmm. uh, but he uh, he was white, but he grew up in Spain. Like his oh. adolescent and like middle school years were in Spain, so he spoke fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. So my sister and I grew up speaking Spanish, but then we start going to uh, American schools, and you want to. At least in my experience, when you're a kid, you want to be like everybody else. You want to assimilate. So I stopped wanting to engage with uh, that part of me. We still spoke Spanish at home and stuff, but the the balance 
sort of shifted a yeah. little bit. So I lost my Spanish. So I still, every time I go, it sort of floods back. Right. Um, but my grammar's bad. I have an American accent. It's a whole, and I live here in like a very Dominican, Puerto Rican neighborhood, yeah. which, uh, and I just, uh, sometimes I get brave and I start to speak Spanish and then I get that look from the lady at the bodega, like, congratulations, you took <laughs> AP Spanish in high school, <laughs> you white kid. Uh, Were you guys mostly uh, here? Would you go? Would you go? Would you visit Peru? Yeah, or did you I, I go at pretty much a once a year clip. Cool. Now we used to go a little more often. And my grandmother, when she was a little younger and could mm-hmm. travel, she'd come live with us for summers. Mm. And I spent a couple of summers there. Just like my mom is one of six, so there's a uh, lot okay. of family to like bounce around towards. Uh, so I've always felt there's it's always been like super present. Right. Um, so the white presenting thing has always been like a little bit of a mind fuck because I do feel Peruvian. Uh, but and if her whole family is there, and right. if you're going there, and that is the yeah. like, this is our family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still uh, and my, also my mom is a court interpreter. Uh, oh, okay. So I often feel bad asking her to like, hey, can you like help me with my Spanish? Because it's literally what her job is. <laughs> uh, but she's very nice about it. And I have, uh, I actually, I got this email like 10 minutes before you got here today. So I have an audition for a commercial on Monday where that like says in all caps, bold letters, like must be fluent in Spanish with great accent. Right. And I can speak Spanish, but I'm so scared. Like I've literally, I feel a pit in my stomach right. about it right now. With great accent? With a... With like- a Na- I think it's a like natural, natural okay. accent okay. or something, but Lord knows what that yeah. could mean. Uh, but you know <laughs> that, yeah, that pit is that kind of like always. There's always going to be that yeah. there, right? And like the fact of the matter is, like that pit sucks, but it, it's relatively speaking, it's uh, much better than like full blown racism. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's, I guess, that's kind of what we have to sit with. Yeah. 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 If the. <laughs> If the spectrum is be unknowingly racist, be unknowingly racist, but realize it and hear other people's unknowing racism and be the constant uh, (laughs) recipient of unknowing racism. Yeah, Yeah. I'm okay with where I am. Uh, This whole spectrum fucking sucks. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. I guess it is what it is. I hate the phrase. It is what it is. But it is what it is. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't. I have no sense of how long we've been talking. <laughs> Not at all. I'm bad at producing a podcast. <laughs> um, how did you feel? So, because I'm thinking just of like when this episode comes out, right. even just posting on Facebook, hey, I did this podcast. Yeah, I think I'm. Or I am going to be a little, like, yeah. not wary of, but it does, I have That's, the worry. I have the same worry yes. every time I, granted, I've now only released three of them, but sure. I, the, every time I have posted about them, uh, I have the same worry. Yeah. And I'm trying to run headfirst into that worry yeah. by making this. Right. Uh, yeah. But what what are you worried about? Like, the really, same, what are you worried about? Really, what I'm worried about is the... Because um, you're like you're on like the UCB yes, stages yes. doing the Asian as F show. Yes, uh, like you found like acceptance in this community that like at least from yes, the outside absolutely. that's what it seems like. The wor- but there's still worry. The worry is that oh, is Curtis doing this to get an opportunity that would have been closed to him as a white male? Which I don't want any of those opportunities. Right. Anytime. Like the first when when Dan and Alex took like started doing Asian as fuck, the first thing I said was like, if it's full, I should be the first person to like <laughs> yeah. not do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
because I'm so glad that they are welcoming and that doing diversity jams and doing all that stuff is right. like they're always so welcoming. But I never want to like take a spot away from, like we said, somebody who is yeah. a recipient of yeah. actual like into your face racism rather than. I totally understand that anxiety. Yeah. But let me ask you a question Has that ever been substantiated? Um. Like, has anybody ever said some shit like that to you before? Not to me, but <gasps> no. you will overhear things like, um, it's, it's the, so like a friend of mine a couple of years ago, who's, uh-huh. uh, who's Hispanic, like added in his, added into his last name, his, his mother's mm-hmm. name, because he was much closer to his mother, sure. and his mother's name is more clearly Hispanic than sure. his father's name was yeah. was not. And there was, like, a little bit of, like, is he doing that to do that? And he wasn't. Yeah, well, maybe. Even if he was, exactly. fuck you. Because, <laughs> like, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and it's so shitty. Yeah. And I will say 99% of people were not at all like that. Yeah. But it just takes that one to like overhear of like, that's that, true. oh, no, yeah. I know why he's doing and we, that. We, we have way more energy to hear the person <laughs> criticizing us than yeah. the people who are supporting us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I do. I, for me, I definitely do have that thought of like, well, maybe white people around me will be like, oh, he's just like playing right. up this part of himself because it like makes him more marketable or whatever. But I think my response to that is like more anger and less anxiety, more like motivated anger and less anxiety. Whereas the other side where it's, I'm afraid of what Latino people will think of me. That's pure fear. Mm -hmm. Um, But I understand that definitely, but those people can go fuck themselves. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. They can like, fuck that. What, like what a shitty thought. Now I'm just (laughs) cursing into the microphone. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's that that is absolutely kind of my worry, even with the few things that I do. Yeah. And again, like anytime I do anything, they are so welcoming. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, Will Choi out in LA like is has been incredibly mm. welcoming to the like the entire first off, the fact that he created this Asian as fuck show and yeah. on two coasts, but also all of the different people from it's with Asian, and I think it's kind of similar with like Latinx. It's like it's such a bad all-encompassing term because yeah. okay, Asian does yeah. that mean? But there kind of has to be an all-encompassing term, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Does that mean South Asian? Does that include <laughs> Indian and Pakistani? Asian is people? definitely worse. But Asian is definitely worse. <laughs> like it's yeah. And yeah. when people think Asian, they think Chinese, Korean, Japanese. Does right. that? But what about Thai and Filipino? Like yeah. all of, there's so many broad things of and then like people who are within that mixed and so on and so on right um that the fact that will was like anyone who is asian is in the show that's a beautiful thing and he will do like both of the improv part and i mean and dan and alex do this too like they will um there will be people in the show who also like present in different ways like last Month they had I cannot remember their names. Uh, I want to say it was like Marty or something, but it was it was a musical duo. Oh, cool! And they are twins, and they are uh, they are they are half. They told me, and I completely forgot. But <laughs> afterward, they're half Asian. Got it right. 
Um, I wanted to be more specific than that. I, but afterwards, I did the same thing I'm, where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm mixed, so I'm going to be super conscientious yeah. of everything, and then I make the same mistake <laughs> yep. that everybody else makes. Uh, but it was great. After the show, uh, one of them was like, wait, what are you? Oh, we're this. And we presented this. At, yeah, yeah. There is that like that little bit of like solidarity of like, yeah. oh, yeah, you were afraid. To, uh, uh, we were a little afraid to do uh, yeah. the show because of this. I and, love that feeling. Yeah. I love that feeling. Yeah. Because it's hard uh, as when you're mixed, it's hard to find. Um, you're not going to find very many people who are your same exact mix, but you, yeah. what you do find is like, oh, you're also multiple things. Like, doesn't that suck sometimes? Yeah. It's like a very comforting, very comforting um, thing. Have you ever had the, like, surprise to find out someone was mixed? All the time. Great. All the time. I'm usually the person people are surprised to yes. find that out about. Yeah. Uh, and then you got the, like, really? Yeah. I, or sometimes uh, I have to actually convince people and they'll be like, you're fucking with me. <laughs> I think I ended up with a fair number of, like, mixed race friends yeah. without conscientious, like, obviously I did not conscientiously yes. bring that in, but like a bunch of my friends, it was like at one point I was like, oh wait, all, all, a lot of my very close friends yeah. are mixed race. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same thing happen without even realizing yeah. it. Uh, or whether it's mixed race or people with immigrant parents. Yes. Uh, that you're just drawn to people who are like you, I think. It's a perspective shift that like, I, yeah, there is something that you, yeah, that I think, yeah, we are drawn to. Yeah. I also think it comes up more often in comedy. Why do you think that? I think... This is like a... Uh, I think that... Okay, so like the 50s, right? The big uh-huh. comedians in the like 40s and 50s right. were generally Jewish men. Yeah. Who were not really seen as white. It was like a borderline between white and not white. Right. So they were like... They had that outsider view. And... But they could still work in the nightclubs, unlike a lot of the black men and women who were also then like had to were right. comedians in other in mm-hmm. other comedy circuits and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's like an outsider view. And then like in the seventies there was like a lot of like both Jewish comedians and black comedians who were finally allowed into clubs right. who had that like outsider status. I think there's always gonna be in comedy a little bit of the in any way that somebody is feels a little bit like right. This is weird. Does anybody yeah, well, notice? To be able to like comment and criticize yeah. on culture, there needs to be a little bit of that. Yeah, that feeling outside. Yeah, yeah. And I think like I think race, and I think being multicultural. I think all of these things, be, having immigrant parents, like yeah. there are so many in in the New York improv community, people who are like white. Performers who are like first generation immigrants, <laughs> yeah, right? Who are like, yeah. oh, they're white, but they are like, their parents are Russian or like Russian right. immigrant. Like, it is, yeah. there are so many ways to get that like outsider view. Yeah. And I just feel like it's either it's much more common in comedy than elsewhere, or right. my whole perspective is comedy and it's comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think about that of like, do I ever like think about anything else? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, great. I think we're, like, pretty much at time. Cool. Do you want to plug shows for, for uh-huh. my um, millions of listeners? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not always in it, but Asian as fuck anytime. Yes, it's, please. It's there. Uh, Fluffy at Herald Night most Tuesdays. And the Megaplex is, like, once a month. We do an improvised movie. And there's probably other shows that I'm forgetting about, but those are the main ones. Amazing. Oh, oh. and my podcast. Yes. Yes. Improv Beat by Beat. Uh, Please subscribe to it. I listen to every single episode. It's fantastic. It's a very wonky, very nerdy, like, we're going to investigate one little aspect of improv by taking a bunch of 
different interviews, and everybody will talk about this yeah, one thing. Yeah, but it's great. I mean, talk about imp- – um, this is where I know we were ending, but, like, improvisation, is, like, inherently is culture because it's improvised. Yes. I went with – the last time I was in Lima, mm-hmm. I found a jam. Like, I found a random jam around the corner from my aunt's house, and it was amazing just seeing the way people played. And, yeah. like, it occurred to me that, like, well – Oh, God, it's so corny. But yes, we are all improvising our lives. Mm -hmm. So, like, improv is, to me, a way to investigate whatever my cultural head is. So hearing, like, a mechanical discussion of Mm -hmm. it uh, is super uh, refreshing. Yeah. There's also so much of you see, because people are making things up, what they react to as weird and what they're presenting is not weird. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of base reality and unusual thing, it's different for every fucking person. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's a good podcast, everyone. (laughs) Uh, All right, Curtis, thank you so much. Great. Thanks for having me. And that's it for episode six of La Mezcla. Thank you so much for listening to this. Um, thank you to uh, Mateo Suarez for giving me his song, Come With Me, off the EP Eight Hours to Brazil. Uh, and thank you to uh, my sister, Esther Burke, for uh, putting together the visual art. Uh, and thank you to you, a human being, who is listening to this. Uh, please like and subscribe and all that stuff. Um, and I hope you have a great week. Eu só quero ser feliz Morrendo tendo orgulho das coisas boas que eu fiz And of all that I know for all that I live Love and loyalty is as real as it gets Put your L's up in the air like this So put your L's up in the air like this When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.